Welcome to the Gathering at Adel Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. Philippians 2, it says that God exalted Jesus and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We're singing right now that he reigns above it all, that Jesus has been given the name above every other name, that every knee will bow. The word says that when he he ascended into heaven, he was seated at the right hand of the Father. And he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool. Jesus is ruling and reigning right now. But sometimes we believe a lie that dethrones Jesus in our own hearts because we've believed a lie. Is there something in your life, is there something in my life that, 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 I have been, that I have removed Jesus and I've exalted this thing above him? If there is, then it's really simple. All you have to do is say, Father, I see that. I tear down that idol, that thing that I've exalted above Jesus. And I put it in its rightful place, which is at the foot of the cross. Where Jesus defeated every sin, every sickness, every disease was defeated on the cross. I don't know what you're going through, but maybe it's fear, worry, depression, anxiety, pride. All all you have to do is say, Father, I acknowledge that right now. take it off of the throne and we exalt Jesus right back to that rightful place and we say you reign above it all let all of heaven and earth erupt in song for he reigns above it all Father we just give you praise and we give you glory today as we dethrone the idols may you give us the strength to never try to pick them back up and put them back up there May we walk in a new mindset where we see Jesus as the rightful King of kings and Lord of lords, seated on a throne where everything will bow at his knee, at his name. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So just take a moment. It might not be you, but you might know somebody. Pray over them right now. Bring them before the Father. Jesus at the rightful place in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our priorities. We say that Jesus is the King of Kings, that He reigns above it all. 
Father, forgive us where we have forgotten that. And we've allowed the lies of the enemy to take him off of that throne and exalt themselves above him. We put Jesus right back there. We worship him. We give him all the glory, all the praise and honor, strength and power that's due his name. There's no one that's greater, no one that's higher. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One thing that we want to kind of before we get started in service, uh, we have our, some of our kiddos here are going to kids camp. On Wednesday, I believe. Bree, is that right? Bree's our children's pastor. All right, y'all want to come on. If you're if you're a kid in here and you're going to kids camp, or if you're a counselor and you're going to kids camp, will y'all come down here to the front? Hattie, that would be you. My own daughter's like, oh, I don't know about that. All right, all right. All right, this is going to be a great group. Y'all, y'all get in right here. All right. Bree, you just want to share about 10, 15 minutes of what? <laughs> she's like, oh, don't make me duck. Uh, Bree, Bree is our children's pastor, and she's going. Morgan is these fellas' mama. She's not here, just got off shift. Uh, Curtis is going as an adult, and this is Mike. He's actually going as an adult. He might fit in with the kids more often than not. <laughs> you know, but honestly, if you feel led, would y'all just like, Come up here and surround these guys, and let's just pray for them. Because this week has the opportunity to be a week of just great impact for them. And so we just want to pray over them. You don't have to pray over your own kiddo. You can pray over everybody's kiddos. Just, uh, just, just, just enthroned, Lord God. Just become enthroned in their heart, God. Lord, and everything, everything that's done, everything that's said, God, let it be to your glory, to your kingdom, God. Father God, the seeds that are going to be sown, God, that you would, you would uh, honor, honor the labor, God, and the seeds, Lord. Just condition their hearts to receive fully, God, what you have prepared for them, Lord. Lord, and even as they go forward, Lord, and the, the, the seeds that need to be planted, the seeds that need to be watered. Yeah, Lord, Father, we just pray over them right now. Father, first we just want to pray for safety over them as they travel, as they play and have a good time. Father, we pray for physical safety over their bodies. Father, we just begin to pray that all the things that you have planned for them this week, that they would accomplish that. Father, I pray for an encounter with you, that they would see you rightly. Father, that you would just begin to pour out your love in them and on them and then through them. Father, may they walk away from this week knowing that they are loved, they are valued, and that you are worthy to trust. Father, we just pray over these kiddos. We pray over these counselors, leaders. Father, just pray that they would see you so pure, so true. Father, may, may this week be a week that they remember for the rest of their life. May the testimonies from this week bring about your kingdom on this earth. Father, when they share of what happened, may all of heaven and earth erupt in song. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
they are in great hands. I'm really excited for them to be able to go to camp and be able to experience what that looks like. If you, if you haven't met Bree, she probably already, she already slipped out. She's actually working in a classroom today. Bree's our children's pastor. Man, we are blessed that she's our children's pastor. She loves the kids so much. She prepares for them and really uh, brings about truth in their life. And so we're just honored uh, to have her part of that. And so please be praying for them. Uh, my wife will now because I'm telling her for everybody. Uh, We'll be posting to social media, kind of like the update on, like, you can just like us, follow us, but we just want a reminder to be praying for the kiddos this whole week. So there you go. First, before we get started, uh, everybody's favorite part is announcements, you know, but we just have to be able to communicate things, make sure we're doing that well. Uh, Miss Anna, do you want to stand up, raise your hand, or you could do both of those things? Look at that, she can. Miss Anna is going to be, <laughs> Miss Anna is going to be leading a Bible study here coming up in a couple of weeks on Sunday nights at 5:30. Uh, I think it's up there. Yeah, there it is. And so Miss Anna is going to be leading that. If you're interested in that, please go find her. It's going to be a great time. I know Miss Anna has kind of been out of the everyday ministering uh, as she used to. And so I know the Lord has a lot of good things stored up in her that, she, uh, that he's going to use. So if you're a lady and you want to, uh, go, go talk to Miss Anna after service today, and she will get you all the details. Uh, equally as valuable, less spiritual, is a guy's steak night. Uh, the, it's in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's in a couple of weeks, uh, Friday night, kind of before Father's Day. It's for dads and kids and uh, just to come up here and just fellowship with one another, have some good steaks and some good fellowship time. Uh, so I invite you guys to that. Then uh, the next Friday night will be a volleyball night. This is something that we just enjoy to do. Uh, just have fun and gather together. So we'll be playing volleyball, bring, bring a dinner, bring something, and just join us for that. Last thing, there's no slide for it, so don't freak out, Clinton. But uh, starting in the fall, September the 6th, we're going to be starting what's called Family Night. And so it's going to be, all right, someone's excited. I don't know what it is yet. Uh, we're going to be starting uh, Family Night, and it's going to be on Wednesday nights. We're going to begin to meet up here on Wednesday nights in September. And the purpose of that is that we want to continue to just stir what the Lord is doing. And so we have a couple of things that we're going to be doing. Is It's going to be from 6.30 to 8, and we will all worship together. Together till about seven, and then we will actually split off. The youth will go down uh, there to their their class. We'll have uh, leaders and stuff to go and take kiddos down there. Also, like first through six, we'll have childcare for those that are too young for that stuff. But then also, then we'll have uh, classes for the adults. And so Brady and Amy, our associate pastors, they were here. They're not here anymore. They're, they normally sit right there. Uh, Brady and Amy are going to be leading a Financial Peace University uh, class on Wednesday nights. Uh, Kelly, who's the worship pastor, her husband is Eric. They're going to be leading a uh, parenting class on Wednesday nights. And then I am a simple man, and so I just like to open up the Word of God. And so my class will be, let's just read through a book together, and we'll kind of talk about that. And uh, basically what mine is, is we're just going to read a chapter of the Bible a week and just kind of talk about that, discuss that, talk about, hey, here's how I study, here are some resources that you can study with. And so just really kind of begin to see what the Lord has to say for that. So that that's Wednesday nights in the fall. We also have a couple of house churches, Steve and Renee Henshaw, they lead a house church on Friday nights. 
uh, one of our elders, they're not here today, but uh, Chris Martin and his wife, and uh, they uh, lead a house church in Peaster. You can find this stuff on the website, but you, there's lots of ways for you guys to plug in, and, and that's what we're after. So really excited about the family nights. It's going to be a phenomenal time. So make plans starting September 6th. Wednesday nights will be up here. Whew, okay, now you transition. Yes, ma'am. Oh, thank you. This will make the transition easy. Thank you. Tell me. Okay, tell everybody when it is. Friday at noon, Marianne. You show up at noon, you're going to miss it. Friday at 10, Marianne leads one. Thank you. I apologize for... Okay. Good, good. That's great. That, those are the best kind. Well, thank you. Thank you for facilitating and helping raise them, them up to that maturity. But, uh, you know, it, it's a really fun time. We, we've been spending some time as far as trying to define who we are. I think if we're, if we're not careful, we become known for more of what we're not about or what we're against instead of what, instead of who we are. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we know what certain corporations or people are against, but really like what we, we want to try to define who we are and why we exist. And so our mission is that we exist to declare and display the glory of God. So everything that we say, everything that we do, every event that we have, it is we exist to display and declare the glory of God. We don't have all the things that every other church has, and we're not trying to be every other church. We feel like we have a unique calling and y'all might, especially if you're first time here, be like, well, it's unique because it's not good, right? But we feel, like, we feel like we have a unique calling and we're not trying to be anybody else. We're not trying to manufacture something. We're not trying to just up and do all the things. But we're saying if we do an event, if we have something, we're going to do it so that we exist to display and declare the glory of God, not just in these four walls, but outside of these walls as well. And then our vision of how we accomplish that, and that's what we've been working through the last few weeks is... Uh, our vision is seeking his face, hosting his presence. Today we're talking about stewarding his kingdom. And then next week we'll be talking about experiencing his revival. And really when we begin to look at seeking his face and, and what that means is that we want to become a people that we have our mind's attention and our heart's affections are set on him. Nothing else matters. Jesus said, you, you can gain the whole world and yet forfeit your soul. What good is that? What profit does it do a man? So we want to be a people that seek his face. And we want to begin to raise up a community of believers that are passionately pursuing his face. The second one that we talked about was hosting his presence. That means that we want to, we want to be a place that we create an environment where he is welcome. That, that we place him at the center of all that we say and all that we do. All that we are, he is the center the center of this church is not this man right here. The center of this church, if it was me, it would fail. It would have already failed. The center of everything that we are and all that we do is Jesus Christ. And so that's how we host his presence. And then today we're talking about stewarding his kingdom. And that one gets a little trickier. You know, it's like stewarding his kingdom. Okay, that's cool. That's easy. And, and it's like, okay, what is the kingdom of God? How do we steward the kingdom of God, and like, what is it? I, me and my wife were sitting down Monday night kind of talking about it, and I was just confessing, like, I'm like, man, the kingdom of God, like, she's like, well, yeah, it's easy. There's lots of scriptures with it. I'm like, yeah, I know there's lots of scriptures, but 
tell me a scripture that says this is the kingdom of God. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about it, but very few that actually define it. And so that's where, when we talk about that, we want to be a people that are stewarding his kingdom. That's what we're talking about. But it, it is a little tricky, so I hope you stay with me. It's like uh, Oliver, my he's in second grade, right? He's always in and out of here. He's second grade. It's kind of like, you know, you're really, you're good at math. I'm, I'm good at math. And it's like, okay, cool. Lauren's like, my wife's like, hey, help him with his math homework. It's like, cool. Brings it up. It's like, what is that? <laughs> like, that's math. You're like, no, it's not. You know, so it's like, okay, here we go. Teach them a little earlier than they taught me. That's all right. We got this. It, it's tricky because you can know it. You can know all about it. But then when you have to get back down to the elementary level of it, it's like, hmm, I don't know how to tell you to do that. I just know that. And that's kind of where we are in the, in the kingdom of God. Like it's, it's a term that's so familiar with us. We all know it. We've all said it. But, but actually, what does it mean? What does it look like? And so we're going to try to just walk through some of that. But I, I love like if you, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, he establishes the kingdom of God. He, he creates all the things, all that is seen and unseen, he creates it. And he places man in the middle. And he says, I want you to rule and have dominion. I give you dominion over all things. You see, God established his kingdom from the very beginning. And he placed man in the middle. In Matthew chapter 3, where Jesus, is, Jesus gets baptized. And then it goes into, I think it's chapter 4, where, where he goes into the temptation. No, it's chapter 3. The temptation of Jesus. He's tempted by Satan. And then after that, he comes out of that time with the enemy. And Jesus, the first words that he speaks, the first, the first message that he preaches, he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The, the very end, if you go all the way in, so the very first page, he establishes his kingdom. The middle, Jesus is talking about it. The very end, Revelation 22. It says, man, the king has his throne and the lamb is there in the city. And the people will worship him. They will see him face to face. That's where we see the fullness and the completeness of his kingdom. From the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible and all the way in between, his kingdom is mentioned. Even there's a a Matthew chapter 13, there's a whole chapter and it's parables about the kingdom. And you're like, okay, great, let's do that. That, That's going to define the kingdom. And it's like, all right, the kingdom of God is like this. There was a man who discovered a treasure in a field. He went and sold everything so he could buy the field. I was like, wait a minute. How is that a definition? And he's like, oh, hey, hey, don't worry. Hey, there, there was a kingdom of heavens like this. A merchant had a pearl. And the man went and sold everything that he had so that he could go and attain the pearl. And he's like, the kingdom of God's like that. And you're like, man, I don't a little more confused. Hey, but, but don't worry. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. You're like, you plant it and a tree will grow from it and the birds will have a nest in there. And you're like, what are you saying? Man, like Matthew 13, there's seven parables and it says the kingdom of heaven is like this. Or the kingdom of heaven is like this. Uh, just a little bit of yeast causes it all to rise. Or, or there, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Or there's wheat and then there's tares and they... They both grow up together, but don't pull them yet. Because at the end, 
he'll be, they'll be separated. But what is the kingdom of God? Like I read all those and I'm like, man, okay, I've got it. And it's like, but what is the kingdom of God? But here's what it is. The kingdom of God is the redemptive rule and reign of God in Christ. The kingdom of God is the redemptive rule or reign of God in Christ. The key word is redemptive. Because the kingdom is always redeeming. It's people. Even in creation, when God established creation, it says that the earth was formless, dark, and God redeemed it into beauty. Even man, where, where we, we were placed in garden, we were given dominion and, and authority to rule and reign, and we surrendered that over through sin. He sends Jesus to redeem his people. And even Revelation, where where the bride was spotless, he's going to return in glory, and he's going to redeem his bride, and he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to be redeemed. It's not a physical kingdom with land and with territory. It's spiritual. That's where... That's where the, the, the Jews missed it. They, they wanted to see Jesus ride in on that donkey, and they're like, all right, here we go. He's coming. And yet he surrendered his life, and he gave up his life. And they're still searching for the king that's going to come and save them and going to come and establish a kingdom on heaven, on, on earth, and it's going to be glorious, and, and, and they're going to be waiting a really long time because he's already been He will come again in glory to to get his pure and spotless bride. But so many times we're looking for him in a certain way and he's already showed up. That's why I I believe it's in in Luke where where they're saying, the disciples asked him, hey, when when are you going to establish the kingdom? When are you going to rebuild it? Like, what's it going to look like? And Jesus said, hey, well... If anybody says, look here or look there, ignore them. Because the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's not a physical thing. And and I think we get confused sometimes living here in America, a Christian nation. Sometimes we think that America, it is the best country on the face of the planet. And if there's more countries on other planets, I'm still going to say that it's the best one here and there. But we get confused and we think that His kingdom is supposed to be established here in America. And and when things don't line up with that, we get in an uproar. His kingdom is not of this world. It's, It's a spiritual. His kingdom is where God reigns supremely and his will is fully established. The kingdom of God is the fulfillment of God's purposes and the restoration of his people. I'm probably not doing as good of it. I'm doing just about as good as Jesus did trying to define it. There's a lot of definitions here. But the kingdom of God is the fulfillment of God's purposes and the restoration of his people. The kingdom of God is both a present reality and a future realization. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here. 
And he, he confers to us a kingdom. He gives us the kingdom. But, but yet it's not fully realized yet. We walk in it now, but we won't see it completed till that glorious day when he returns in glory. And so it, it's this kind of weirdness of where we are citizens of heaven first. But we walk in the kingdom of God, but yet we live here on earth. And so the kingdom of God, all it simply is, is the redemptive rule or, rule or reign of God in Christ. It's where his will is fully realized, where his plans and purposes come to pass. And so the kingdom of God is important. When we talk about we want to be a people that steward the kingdom of God, we want to be a people that hold and carry that mantle, that wherever we go, the kingdom of God advances. That, that, that whether, whether it's here or whether it's there, whether it's here or at my job or at my house or, or on, on the baseball field or at work, on the job site, wherever it is, that the kingdom of God is advancing through me. Because the kingdom of heaven is within me. It's not a place that I go, but it's the presence that I carry. We keep trying to get out of this place and go to heaven when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven has come near. Like, like we want to go there and Jesus has already brought it here. There, there's, this, there's this veil of creation that separates us from the kingdom of heaven. When, when you had the temple and, and they had the curtain, they had the veil... When you went behind there, which was only one time a year, one person one time a year could go in there, then the veil was pulled back and he was in the kingdom of God. Today, when we see things happen, it's because the veil is a little bit lighter. We, we can see through the veil just a little bit more than we could before. The kingdom of heaven is not a place that we go, but it's a presence that we carry. Romans 14, 17. This is, this is probably the one that defines it the most for us. It says that it's not a matter of food or drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a matter of food or drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We carry righteousness, peace, and joy. When we walk in the kingdom, when we are carrying the mantle of the kingdom of God, when we're talking about we're going to steward the kingdom of God, what we're saying is that wherever we go, we are going to bring forth his righteousness, his peace, and his joy. And it might look in different things. Like it might look like healing. It might look like generosity. It might look like teaching. But wherever we go, we bring forth his righteousness. We bring forth his peace. And we bring forth his joy in the Holy Spirit. That is what we're trying to steward here. We don't want to become a man-made religion and a body of people that can be explained. We want to be a people that are kingdom-minded, where we are so little concerned with all these things, even as the lights didn't work this morning, I was like, oh, what's that? We, we want to become people that are kingdom-minded. 
where we carry righteousness, peace, and joy no matter where we go and no matter who we encounter. In order for us to advance the kingdom of God, He must reign supremely in us and His will must be fully established through us. Christianity is not about rules and regulations or church attendance or tithe checks. Christianity is about dying to ourselves and yielding to His plans and His purposes. We've made Christianity so much more about what we're doing instead of who we're becoming. Because it's so much easier to be seen at church than it is to actually allow the Holy Spirit to work on our lives. It's so much easier to just be seen here. And, but we can't always explain what the Lord is doing in us. But what he's doing in us is far more valuable than you being here on Sundays. To bring about the growth and the change that he has for you, it's about yielding to him and his plans and his purposes. We're talking about stewarding those things. Stewarding is another weird one. Stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to our care. Stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to our care. If we want to walk continually in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, then we have to make it a priority. Like we have been entrusted with the kingdom of God. We, Jesus said it. Jesus said, hey, my father gave me a kingdom and I confer it onto you. You go and do it. We have been entrusted to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy. In Matthew, I'm going to misquote it, but in Matthew it says that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and violent men lay hold of it. And that's, that's a scripture that's like, man, that fires you up. And we think that it means go out and do all the things. Man, but, but what it means is that I make it a priority. That my words that I say are full of righteousness. That, that, that I bring about peace. And when people come into my presence, they feel the joy that is deep down inside of me. How do, we, how do we steward this? This is important. If we're going to say we're going to be a people that are going to steward his kingdom, first one is by holiness. That's not a word we like to hear a lot of times in church, is it? The Lord said, be holy as I am holy. I mean, there's so many scriptures where he says, go consecrate yourself, wash yourself, purify yourself. We, we, if we're going to steward the kingdom, we have to be a people that, that are holy. And, and not, holiness does not earn us the love of God. Don't ever confuse that. Your works will never earn you a place in his kingdom. But holiness will allow you to steward the place that you have in his kingdom. God is abundantly generous, but he is not wasteful. He will generously pour it out on you, but he will not waste it. There's a parable in Matthew that says, hey, here's the three guys. The master gave three servants, one five talents, one two talents, and one one talent. The guy with five talents, it says he immediately went, doubled it, 
The person with two talents doubled it. The person with one said, uh, I'll just bury this. That way when he comes back, he's got his one talent that he came for. The master comes back and he sees the person with five talents and he doubled it. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Guy with two talents who doubled it. He, the, the master comes up to him and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. The, the guy with one talent who buried it, who was actually so proud, he presented the one talent. Hey, here it is, everything that you gave to me. And he said, you evil, you wicked and evildoer, depart from me. And it says that he took his one and gave it to the one that had five. And it says that he put them into utter darkness. We have to walk in holiness. God is generous, but he's not wasteful. We don't get to live the life that we want and expect him to bless us on top of that. We don't get to just go out and do our life and then at the end put the stamp of in Jesus' name, amen. We don't get to do that. We don't get to say what we want to say. We don't get to watch what we want to watch. We don't get to interact with who we want to interact with. We don't get to just waste our time and entertain ourselves with the ways that we want to. To be a good steward of the kingdom says that I'm going to walk in holiness. I don't care if everybody else is watching those shows. I don't care. Man, you, you want to be, have, your, have your heart burdened. Listen to people in the church and listen to the shows that they watch. And you're like, how are you watching that? And that's not me being religious. That's not like, well, I'm just at a, a deeper level. The Lord will convict you of that. When it, No. He's called us to holiness. To fill our mind with filth. It's not holy. We, that is not a good steward of his kingdom. To fill it with violence and lust and pornography. And then expect us to carry around peace and joy. To to in our, entertain ourselves, to choose to do that. And then be able to say in Jesus' name and expect him to bless us. He's generous, but he's not wasteful. He requires holiness from his people. Be holy, for I am holy. And man, you, if you know me at all, you know that I'm not this pounded out, let's... Be sin, don't, don't be sinful and work it out like, man, I'm full of grace. I love grace. But I can't ignore what the word says. Be holy, for I am holy. He's called us to holiness. If we want to steward his kingdom, if we want to walk in power and authority, then we will walk in holiness. Jesus walked on this earth. Jesus, the, the fullness of God, dwelt in Jesus. And actually in Colossians it says, and that same fullness dwells in us. But Jesus walked in such a way that the veil that separated creation and the heavenly was so wide open. Healings happened like that. Miracles happened like that. Not because he was God. Because he walked in holiness. He was without sin. He, in Romans, it says that he was created in the likeness of sinful flesh. But yet he was not sinful. We, we, wanted, we, we want to be able to excuse ourselves 
Because it's like, well, yeah, but that was Jesus. That was, that's not us. No, the only reason Jesus walked in that much power and authority, the only reason Jesus carried that mantle is because he walked in holiness and obedience. All throughout, man, look, John, the gospel of John, maybe we'll do that in the fall. John is so good, but John's going all throughout there. And, and, and he's recording the words of Jesus where Jesus says, I'll only say what the Father tells me to say. John 14, he's like, I only do what I see the Father do. Do you want to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? Set your mind to say, I'm only going to say what the Father tells me to say. And you're like, but that's not a lot of words. (laughs) Maybe we would all be better off. If Jeff Hopkins and Elijah used fewer words. Maybe there was a reason that when Jesus spoke it carried power and authority. He only did what he saw the father do. How, how challenging is that? But if we want to steward the kingdom that we've been given, then that's what it's going to take. That Number two, it's, it's obedience. It's holiness, and then it's obedience. There, there's a song, and I'll, I'll, spare, I'll spare y'all. You know, but it's like slow obedience is what? No obedience. Someone had a little bit of rhythm over there. They tried somewhat. Right? Slow obedience is no obedience. You, I, I love this story in Genesis chapter 22. It's Abraham. Abraham was promised a son. That, that the nation, his descendants were going to be as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And he waits and he waits and he waits. And finally he's an old man and he gets his son. Names him Isaac. And the, and the Lord, it says in Genesis chapter 22, the, it says the Lord is going to test Abraham. And he, and he says, Abraham. And Abraham says, here I am. That word in Hebrew is he nay ni. What, what Abraham says is, at your service, Master. You go one step further, the, the, the other definition of it is it goes, before you ask, I say yes. Can you imagine when the Lord called Abraham and he said, hey, Abraham, and Abraham's heart goes, before you ask, the answer is yes. God says, I want you to take your son, a couple of servants, I want you to go and offer a sacrifice. They get to the place at the lower of the mountain. The two servants stay back. And and Abraham takes his son and Isaac. And they go and they prepare an altar. Prepare a a fire. And and before that, what's so awesome to him is that Isaac calls out to his dad. He says, Abraham. And Abraham's response it's the same word. And he says, he nay me. At your service, my Lord. Whatever you need. Before you even ask, the answer is yes. And Isaac says, I see the altar, I see the wood. 
Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. Can you imagine getting to the place where you bind up your own son? I mean, the word says that Abraham bound him. Placed him on the altar. It says that he raises his knife. And an angel says, Abraham. And can you imagine the joy that was in Abraham's heart? And you know the word that he says. Man, can you just, he nae Like the knife is in the air and he's like, before you even ask, I'll say yes. And he doesn't know if it's go through with it or don't. But he says, before you even ask, I say yes. And the angel shows him a ram that's caught. The Lord provides a sacrifice. The beauty of that story is at the end of that chapter, chapter 22, the Lord begins to speak to Abraham. And he says, because you have obeyed me, every promise that I said will come true. We, we don't like that sometimes. That our obedience is tied to the promises of God. We, we want God to just bless us no matter what. But yet there's, there's a stewardship aspect where the Lord calls us to something. Our answer is before you even ask, I'll say yes. And when we go through with it, when we're obedient, when we steward that, then he goes, man, I'm going to bless you more than you could even imagine. The word says, if you love me, you will obey me. And he says, if you obey my commands, once again, this is John, if you obey my commands, then me and the Father, we will make our home with you. Obedience is key in stewarding the kingdom of God. We do not get to just go out and live our own life and tag Jesus at the end. Everything that we do, we exist to display and declare the glory of God. All that we are and all that we are becoming and all that we do, he is the central focus of it all. Obedience, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit overflow in our lives when we walk in obedience to the Father. This was a, the last one here, and then we're going to get ready to go eat some, some pulled pork. Humility. You want to steward the kingdom of God, walk in humility. These are three fun ones today, aren't they? <laughs> Feel good sermon. Walk in humility. God opposes the proud. How can you steward something that he's given you if he's opposing you? Walk in humility. Nothing will stifle the spirit Quicker than pride. Lucifer was, was the, the most beautiful angel that led everyone in worship of Jesus and of God. And pride crept in. Pride caused him to be sent into the utter darkness. 
Humility is the key. Because I'm telling you, when you start to walk in the things of the, the kingdom, when you begin to walk in the power, the authority, when you begin to carry that mantle of righteousness, of peace, and of joy, and you see lives are changed and transformed, and people are excited, man, it's like you get excited. And you can get excited and you can take credit for it. You, you, I can preach a word. I can give a word and, and people will be like, man, that, that was exactly what we needed to hear. And if I'm not careful, I can allow pride slip, to slip in and say, oh, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? I really worked hard on that. My, my, my response always is, first, I don't believe you. You don't just have to make that up, that it was good. And then second, I say, all glory to God. If something that I said sparked something in you, all glory to God. If we stand up here and we lead people in worship and people are like, man, that was so good. We can become so prideful so quick. And all we say is, man, it's just, it's just the Lord working in me and through me. He's given me the gift. Can you imagine a hammer talking with his hammer buddies going, Man, did you see me drive that nail today? That was pretty good, huh? Hammer buddies be like, dude, what are you talking about? That's the same way that we are. When we begin to go, hey, man, did you hear that word today? Hey, did you hear me hit that note? Yeah, no. Did, did, you, did you see what I did? Look at me, look at me. How foolish we look. We look just like a hammer, pretending like he's the one that hammered the nail in. All we are our sons and daughters walking in what the Father has given us and all glory goes to him. If we are to steward the move of God, if we are to steward the kingdom of God, it will only come through humility, through obedience, and through holiness. The world is lost and broken. They need to be redeemed. This is going to get a little personal. They don't need to hear another boycott, protest, or uproar. What they need to see is the men and women of God walking in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are the most and easily offended group of people I've ever met. Not necessarily us, but the body of Christ is the most offended people I've ever met. The world is lost and broken, and what they need to see are people that are walking in righteousness, peace, and joy. The Word says, and I believe it's Romans, it says that the whole earth is eagerly waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. That's what they need to see. They don't need to see us in an uproar over all the things all the time. What they need to see is men and women of God carrying the mantle of righteousness, peace, and joy. That wherever we go, we advance the kingdom of God. We steward it. We walk in holiness. It doesn't matter if everyone outside of these walls walk in filth and evilness. I will walk in holiness. And that's what they need to see. They're, they're not looking at you to see your stance on everything. They're looking at you to see, are you going to walk in holiness? Are you going to walk in peace when the world around us is chaos? Are you going to walk in peace? Yeah. 
When, when, you've, when you've been delivered bad news, when things aren't the best, do you carry around the joy of the Holy Spirit? That is what they need. Creation is longing for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. We think that this statement of stewarding his kingdom is important because we want to be a people that God can trust. We, we want to be a good steward of what he's pouring out. We don't want to just come here for an encounter and then it's like, ooh, that was so good. And we walk out those doors and we are completely unchanged. Our priorities haven't changed at all. We want to be a people that we come in here, we encounter him, and he begins to speak truth to us. And it's like, okay, oh, the way you're spending your money's not right. Oh, the way you're spending your time's not right. Oh, look at this, look at that. And you're like, oh, man, Lord, yes. Before you even ask, I say yes, because I just want to steward it. I want to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy more than I ever have. And not only that, but I want to carry that to the lost and broken world. Is there any area, and this, these are questions obviously for me if you know me too. Is there any area that you want to walk in holiness? <laughs> Somebody out there needs something. <laughs> Is there any area in your life where you've compromised with your holiness? That you've allowed the enemy to lie to you and say, well, this is okay. Or this isn't as bad as what somebody else does. Is there any area that you want to walk in obedience where you've just been holding on a little bit too tight? Where you've just said, man, Lord, I give you everything but, but this. And is there an area where you've allowed pride to creep in? Is there an area where I need to walk in more humility? We're going to pray. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal anything to you. And then we're going to dismiss. Father, we just come before you today with, with your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we just come before you today with your word and we say, teach us. Lead us and guide us. Holy Spirit, is there anything in us, any area in our lives where we can walk more in holiness and obedience and humility? If you reveal those to us today, we will repent of them now. Father, we love you. We praise your name. Amen, amen. The definition is the kingdom of God is a present reality and a future realization. We walk in it, but it won't be complete until that day. So I love you guys. We're going to go ahead and eat. Food is blessed. So if I'm not there, y'all go ahead, start eating. I'll be over there in just a minute. Love you guys. It's in the fellowship hall. Even if it's your first time, please come.